collaboration with Leva, the leaders of the Fiverr Order Community Innovation Fund and Taikura Trust. speaker people with disabilities in their village. Let's go! Talo falava, malo elele, fakalofalahi atu kiarana ni sampolo vinaka malo ni. Welcome to the very first edition of this podcast. My name is Daniel and it is my pleasure to host this very first episode. And you're probably wondering, wow, this guy sounds like he knows what he's talking about. He's pretty professional. Actually, to tell you the truth, Far from it. This is actually the very first time that I have uh, done this kind of thing. Uh, and as nerve-wracking it is, as it is, it is my pleasure to uh, bring to you this very first episode. And, uh, you know, please forgive me if it sounds like I'm fluffing my lines a little bit or feeling my way through. It probably because I am. So something like this just doesn't happen. And I'd like to put a special shout-out to those who have made this podcast possible. So, first of all, I'd like to thank Leva, the leaders of the Fiverr Auto Community Innovation Fund, for funding this project. would like to thank Taikura Trust for entrusting me this opportunity to be your host. I would like to thank Tijit Records for the post-production support and making sure that all my errors and mistakes are not here. And finally, I'd like to thank Joshua Fumano from 127 Customs for the awesome banner art that is uh, displayed across this podcast. So to you all, lover, and thank you. So what is this podcast about? Well, it's actually about sharing. It's about sharing stories. It's about sharing thoughts and ideas. It's about sharing the journey. And for you as the listener, it's about hearing the stories. It's about hearing those thoughts and ideas, and it's about hearing the journey um, and hoping that you'll be able to take away what you would like to take away from all that's going to be shared over the next wee while. So over the next wee while, we're going to have six episodes, and those six episodes are going to be jam-packed with lots of information for you to be able to listen to over and over and over again, because This is pre-recorded stuff, so um, please feel free to listen back um, at your leisure and to take in what you'd like to take away from all of this information that we are going to share over the next wee while. So without further ado, let's kick off with our very first segment, segment, which is which means, do you know? What do you know? What do you know? Geilua, or What Do You Know, is a Q&A segment uh, that will be running across the six episodes, just looking at questions that may be in the back of your mind about disability support services, how to access disability support services, what types of disability support services are out there, and everything in between. So, let's go. Hi Lisa, what does eligibility for disability support services mean? Eligibility is a process that looks at whether you are able to receive disability support services. This process is guided by rules that are set by the Ministry of Health. 
Okay, so what happens when I am eligible for disability support services? Once you are eligible for disability support services, this means that you are able to access appropriate support services based on what your need is. These needs are determined by you and assessed by your support facilitator during a needs assessment. So what if I am not eligible? If you are not eligible to receive disability support services right now, we may just require more information. Every situation that is referred to us is unique and we want to do our best to provide you with the best support and advice. How can I check on my eligibility or be referred? You can be referred by one of two ways. One, be referred by a medical specialist, or two, complete an online referral form. Whichever way is used, there will be information on what is to be provided with the referral. This helps our team to look at your eligibility and we'll discuss with you or the referrer if further information is needed. Thanks, Lisa. Bye. <laughs>This next segment is a one-to-one sit-down chat with our service providers out there in the community. The first cab off the rank, therefore, is Sonia Hawea, who is the Chief Executive of Taikura Trust. And for those who are not familiar with Taikura Trust, Taikura Trust is a disability NASC, or NASC standing for, uh, stands for Needs Assessment Service Coordination Organisation, and they're based here in Tamaki, Makoto in Auckland. Uh, so without further ado, let's hear from Sonia now. All right, we have the lovely Sonia Howie from Taikura Trust, and I'll just get her to introduce herself. Kia ora Dan, lovely to be here. Um, as you've already said, the lovely Sonia Howie, um, <laughs> and I have the privilege to work for Taikura Trust. Uh, I am uh, from Kahungunu, um, grew up in Hastings, and uh, live in Auckland now with three kids, um, and we live in Papa Toy Toy. So, yeah, great to be here. Awesome. Thanks so much for, uh, for joining us uh, today. So I'm just wondering, um, just to sort of kick us off, uh, so your work history, I guess, mm-hmm. your brief work history sort of leading up to becoming uh, CEO of Taikura Trust. My brief work history? You do know I'm quite old. So <laughs> actually, it's not no, that brief. No, no, no. See, this is all the wonder of radio. You see, it's... Uh, no. They can't tell. <laughs> I'm sound young. Well, I did. I studied. I left um, Hastings to go and study at uh, Victoria, and I did a degrees in law and history. Um, and I started my sort of work uh, career doing a bunch of things around uh, law, the tribunal research, um, some research in health, health space, which was my first introduction, sort of the health area, and then worked in policy um, for the Ministry of Māori Development. Um, that brought me to Auckland. Um, where I was really interested in sort of community input to policy. You know, the little bubble that is Wellington um, really needs to have that, hear the voices from the community. So I grabbed an opportunity to come up to Tamaki Makoto, which was supposed to be for a short stint, but ended up being uh, 20 plus years, and um, was working in Māori policy. And then through that mahi, um, 
became involved in working with health and the the evolution of the disability space. And there are a lot of parallels with Māori uh, development. And so I was, um, I was saying, I always say my whanaunga who attracted me into this role with Taikura um, almost 20 years ago. And what attracted me to it was, again, that opportunity to um, have a marginalised, see a marginalised and vulnerable uh, part of our community um, establish their voice, um, establish a stronger identity and to create a more inclusive community, I guess, to use some of those, some of the catchwords we hear now. Okay. And I guess um, working within the, the space that we're in now and mm. obviously seeing the statistics and mm. what's regarded you know, for Māori and Pacific, what, mm. what are the sort of the noticeable trends that you've seen or have you noticed over your time um, in terms of Māori Pacific or Pacific exclusively yeah. um, accessing services? My experience of my, my observations in the 20 or so years that I've been working uh, with Taikura has been first the real um, commitment of Pacific communities to understanding what disability means um, and I see that through there's a commitment to it but it's still there still has to be a, a response to that by creating um, policy frameworks and contracting that actually embraces some of that commitment. I have been disappointed and it's distressing to see that the pace of development for Pacific disability communities has been as slow as it has despite some of those strategies and some committed people to putting those strategies in place, strategies like Fiverr Order um, and others that have been been with us for some time but the pace of change and development has been too slow I think. Sure. So I am excited about what's ahead. You have to stay positive and you have to find those people who share your values and commitment to seizing opportunities and um, some of the work we're doing now is a good example of that. Uh, you need that leadership throughout the support system, so from the highest levels in government and then out to the community to actually pick it up and, and make it work. Mm. So it feels like just in the recent years we've had you know, the emergence of that leadership to be able to support that from you know, top to bottom, bottom up approaches. So we've got to make the most of this window, Dan, (laughs) while we have it. So, But it has been slow, way too slow. Do you think that window is being created more so out of the pandemic? Um, I think, uh, you know, a really good question. I think communities, NGO sectors particularly, and um, that's across all those social services, because we don't think in silos when you're in a situation like that. You just do what needs to be done. You you respond to what people need, whether it's PPE, whether it's food, whether it's... Um, whether it's clothing because they've lost their home, whatever it might be. And so I think it was a real demonstration to central government and government agencies and an affirmation for ourselves um, that actually what what we do and what we strive to do um, has value. And actually without it, this is the fabric of the society that we need. Um, So I think that has been a real, out of that... um, that devastating pandemic, the strength of the community and the strength of the community coming together um, was really shown. Yeah. Yeah. 
what do you think needs to change then? Um, or what do you think needs to happen to um, to get things moving a little bit quicker? Mm-hmm. Um, but also to, you know, for our Pacific communities to really take a vested interest in, uh, in the services that, we, you know, through my yeah. through my time in the in the in the space is about um, making them aware and understand that these services are for everybody. Yes. You know. Yes. So, what is it do you think that needs to? You know, your own personal view. Yeah. Um, what do you think needs to happen to sort of ha- um, push things along a little bit? Well, I suppose um, what I think needs to happen, in my personal view, is is also my professional view. Those of us who have um, roles in this in the in the system, we've got a um, responsibility to actually start creating space and make sure there's space for the voices of disabled people, their families together. I think the Pacific community, particularly, has strengths that the wider disability sector need to see. And I'd say the same about Māori as well. Um, today's Kōrero Talanoa is, is about Pacific. So the strengths of that collective, um, that Pacific families operate from is the strength that needed to strengthen those communities and make inclusive communities for um, Pacific people. And the appropriateness of all services that need to suit those collectives will inevitably suit people who have disability. So, and, But in order to arrive at what those services are, those families, those individuals need to be included. And I think that is, again, another great... Um, so the momentum that's been created, particularly recently, um, is is to open those spaces for those voices to come through. Um, and I think it's then it's the place of people like me who want to be a supporter and enabler to keep pushing that voice forward to make space to make make sure there is space throughout the system at governance and sure. operational for those decisions to come through. I think um, I think also that. I think one of the benefits too of a collectively based community like the communities of Pacific Nations are is that there's always room for everyone at the table. The talanoa is for everyone. Uh, We see in other communities that there's a bit of siloing and competitive nature that goes on. That's that's still a feature of our funded system. But I think the talanoa establishes the collective value base that starts starts us from the right place. And you talk about sort of the whole collectiveness side of things, and mm. that's something that I really do believe mm. in too. Um, do you do you feel that sort of your um, uh, upbringing um, and sense of whānau, hapu, iwi, um, bringing that into the space where um, you know where you currently? Yeah, occupy. <laughs> I hope so, <laughs> Dan. I hope so, Dan. And look, I um, I always try to acknowledge the the commonalities that uh, Māori we have with um, our Pacific cousins, but also to also um, respect the uniqueness. And I think that there are unique things I've learned so much in this world. I think one of the other huge um, benefits and advantages I've had in doing this mahi is has been. The, um, the communities that I've had the benefit to learn about and uh, the multiple Pacific communities is, is one of those. I think that um, but certainly our common experiences about being marginalised, about being in all of those bad statistics, about being able to start 
kōrero, talanoa, always from the whānau collective place. Um, and so that the individual need not ever be alone is our ambition. Um, and, you know, whare tapawha um, and the parallels that are in uh, the Pacific communities are commonalities that we have. So, yeah, I think I try to um, be open to those uh, ideas because those are things that I've been raised with, as well as those notions of independence and also valuing my own individual independence. And I see that, that that's also got to be an opportunity for people who, who want to have that too within their families. Do you think the light is brighter now at the end of the tunnel? <laughs> wow. And that, <laughs> and that it's not a train? It's not, <laughs> not a train. Not an train, you've heard now on A. I have. <laughs> no, look, I, I always try to remain optimistic, and I think that... Um, I think, I hope that doesn't necessarily probably makes me a bit naive sometimes, but I think you have to remain optimistic. Otherwise, um, you know, the, 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 the distance that we've, we've got to go can feel a bit overwhelming. But um, I think, you know, there's a, there's a whakatoki that I draw upon um, when it seems a bit challenging at times, and that is from um, Sir James Henley, which is we've come too far not to go further, you know, um, and... And, and it's that concept of don't don't give up when we're only part way through the journey, um, but also recognise that we've come a long way, and this and um, disability support has come a long way, Pacific leadership has come a long way, and it's about how we make sure those two things keep travelling together. Yeah. Awesome, <laughs> and I guess just a, well that just kind of brings us nicely to the final question. So mm. that, do you have what sort of advice do you have? Final advice or thoughts for our listeners? Yeah, look, I, I recognise that some of these systems um, can feel, um, and because they are, you don't, you don't see yourself reflected in some of the services and systems. And what I would invite um, people to consider as they're out there is there are, there are people within, our, within the services now, Dan is one of them, uh, some of our, our partners at Whakatautua, um, Tōwhamamā, there are uh, people within there who uh, are ready to listen. And no question is a silly question. Um, starting anywhere leads somewhere. So it's just about hopefully you find something in this talanoa that, will, um, that resonates with you and you can reach out to any one of us um, and that will be the start. Awesome. Thanks so much for that. And I, I did say it was going to be a final question, but just for a bit of lightheartedness, yes. I'm actually going to do a bit of quick-fire questions. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> I was going to say five your time, but I don't think I will now. <laughs> so, I'm just, um, so I'm just going to fire you some, 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 quick, some quick questions, and it just you give me your preferred option. This, I think this is going to help people sort of understand Is it multi-choice? Uh, well, it's either one or the other. Oh, okay. I got it. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, this is sort of going to help our listeners, and you know, understand you a little bit more too, on, you know, in terms of your uh, other, side, other, side, other side of you. Other side of you. Yeah. This sounds like a cross-examination. I'd be no, really... no, not at all. <laughs> okay, far okay. away, Dan. All right. Rugby or rugby league? Rugby. Wow. That's not what I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Steam, steam pudding or apple crumble? Ah, steam pudding. Ah, yeah, yeah, you rock. <laughs> All right. Glass of wine or a bottle of beer? Oh, got to be the wine, Dan. Good Pinot Noir oh. from Hawke's Bay. From Hawke's Bay. Hey, glass of wine at the rugby. 
endless thing. Yeah. Like, this is looking, yeah. <laughs> it's looking gonna, like a weird picture. Where are we? When are we going? Oh my goodness. <laughs> High heels or flats? Ah, uh, it's an occasions thing, but I've got flats on today, so we'll go with flats. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> I was going to say, because, yeah, I don't wear high heels. <laughs> I was going to be in the kitchen. <laughs> I'm in the kitchen today for our uh, for our little get-together later, so flats, oh, nice. flats it is. Nice. Right. Camping or a day at the beach? Oh, that's a good one. I love both. Um, winter time, I'd probably go with camping. Yep, yeah. camping. Read a book or watch Netflix? Book. You come across to me as a book reader. <laughs> do I? <laughs> hey, but you know, I can do Netflix too. I'm going to binge, binge watch. Introvert or extrovert? You know, that was something I was thinking about the other day because I was listening to something about that. Um, I think I'm an introvert. Yeah. Yeah. Liar. <laughs> no, I do, I think. But I have to... Oh, sorry, no, so this is your opinion, not is mine. Yeah, yeah, can I? I'll ask you the questions next time, okay? <laughs> All right. This is a very important question. Okay. Maroon or blue? <laughs> now I'll try and get this one right. Maroon. Gotta be maroon. Good one. Good one. <laughs> We've still got to be friends for another day yet. <laughs> well, lucky me. <laughs> Kick me out after the legs. Um, the last one is sing a song or dance. Uh, definitely dance. Wow. Hopefully while no one's looking. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, I think I've learned a few things from you. <laughs> I always thought I always thought you were a rugby league fan, but no. You, you I, no, I, no, raised on rugby, Dan, and, yep, did, did what? Well, it would have been soccer. It would have been netball, like all of us, eh? Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> yep. Oh, man, well, I've learned, cool. a, learned a bit from you, and thank you so much for um, taking the time. Thank you for to, having me. To, to be interviewed, and um, this is, uh, you've, you've definitely set the bar high. Oh. For, for the ah. next interviews now, so... Don't the real storytellers. Actually, <laughs> no, I'm really thrilled that we could be part of this Tallinn or Series Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Sonia. Thank you so much for taking the time out for that interview. Such good insight. Um, and it was definitely good to hear some of those uh, thoughts that you had especially around that rugby and rugby league thing. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't too sure. I thought you were very much a rugby league fan, but uh you know, rugby coming from uh coming from Hastings, of course. Uh, uh, so thank you again, Sonia. Tune into our next episode where we will interview one of our other service providers in the community. This next segment is probably going to be one of my favourite segments to do, and it's an, it's interviews with people out there in the community. And this is about um, hearing the different stories and the different journeys of uh, of people out there in the community. And this first interview is with the Moli Aumasiali'i family from Kirikiriroa in Hamilton, and. Uh, I had the privilege of interviewing Neum and Moimoi um, and talking about their family life and also with regards to their young boy Ezekiel. So let's get into it. Welcome to Talanoa, mate. And we are down in the beautiful Kirikiri Kiri, 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 Roa 
Jeez, mate, it's getting a bit cold. Um, we are done here um, and interviewing a awesome whānau here uh, with uh, here with Neum and Momoi, and I'll just give them the opportunity to introduce themselves, and I'll start with you, brother. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Neum Mori Um I'm 35, married with uh, three beautiful children, and grew up a little bit in, um, in Mount Roscoe in Auckland. And then moved to uh, Raglan and then Hamilton in uh, 1999. So I've been here quite a while and this is my home here in Kirikiriro. Um My background, I guess, is in uh, social work and um, advocacy. And I also do a few things with uh, Neighbourhood Good Lives or EGL and uh, other things on the side here and there. Awesome. And I'm um, Moi Moi, um, my whanau are from up north, uh, Ngāti Wai, my Māori family. Um, my mum is uh, Samoan and she's a Purcell. Oh. And um, yeah, my dad is Tukilawan and his family name uh, Juliano. But um, I've been in Hamilton since after high school. Uh, we've got three beautiful children. Our oldest daughter, Patience, is 14. We have a son, Lamoni, who is 12. And our youngest, Ezekiel, is 7. Nice. And you guys, um, or your children, have spent their whole time here in, in, in Hamilton? Mm-hmm. Yep, yes, they yep. have. Okay. And, um, and Ezekiel. Tell me a little bit about Ezekiel. So Ezekiel, um, he is such a happy kid. Mm. Um, when he was young, he was diagnosed with cerebral palsy. Um, and um, it was also, they were talking about uh, global development delay. Um, and so I guess as parents, we've had, um, we had two other children before and we kind of noticed a few things um, with Ezekiel around not hitting milestones and uh, unable to you know, keep his head up here and there. Uh, so we just, we didn't really think anything of it, but we just carried on and things just um, seemed as though they weren't progressing like the other two. So we uh, we inquired about that and... Um, um, they told us that he had, they had suspected that he may have had cerebral palsy. Yeah. Um, however, they wanted to see how he went as he got older and... Um, yeah, he, he's had lots of lots of health issues though. Sure. In and out of hospital when he was a baby, and that's a, another indication that we knew something wasn't wasn't going right. Mm. Yeah. And so he's at um, is he at primary school now? He is. Yes. So he's seven. Right. Um, and he's at he's attending Aberdeen Primary School. Um, love it. Yeah. Um. So this is the first year that we've actually put him into mainstream school. Mm. Um, a couple of years before that, he was attending a um, special school. So it was, oh, you know, and that was an amazing experience. However, um, things changed for us last year. We decided to take on, uh, so at Hamilton North School, they do a lot of his therapy at school, Um and we decided to take on um, his therapy ourselves mm. as a family. And so um, we met up 
well, we had a consultation with someone from Australia um, called Ian Hunter. And we met Ian Hunter through the um, Brain Injured Children's Trust. Right. And then he gave us a program to do at home. And so that's what we've been doing. He goes to school for four hours a day. And then for the last two hours of the day, he comes home and he does therapy. Yeah. Okay. And I guess my next question is sort of in two parts. The first part is, um, so with the supports that he gets at school from his teachers and specialists and stuff, and um, and then in, in with the, 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 the therapy stuff that the whānau provide for him outside of school, how has it been for the family to um, entrust, you know, that outside support? For you know, for um, for Ezekiel at school, and well, I, I guess um, like backtracking, starting from it, we didn't really know what was going on. Um, right. Myself and Moi, Moi, we weren't really in the know around disability services supports. Um, we hadn't really dealt with it. Um, so learning about Ezekiel's um, you know, the things that Ezekiel was going through and going to be going through. Mm-hmm. was um kind of overwhelming at the start yeah. where they gave us a diagnosis or you know what they thought and then a whole bunch of information um but we didn't really know how to take it mm. um they just gave us things to read and uh, he could have this but we were kind of not in the know mm. right. it, it was a bit uh, daunting because um we didn't really know what support we needed before we even looked for the support Mm. Um, so I think going through it all, um, we've been fortunate enough to have people like, um, the McKenzie Centre here in Hamilton and, as Moy said, the Brain Injured Children Trust, EGL. Yeah. And so they helped teach us about the supports that we might need. And they gave us the information that we actually needed at the time and, um, gauged it on... I guess, um, where we were at. So with the school supports, um, we we had a lot of support with Hamilton North Special School mm. um, and we were quite uh, overwhelmed at the transition into mainstream and we were wondering how it was all going to work. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and very fortunate to have gone and chosen Aberdeen Primary because... They were very accommodating um, by ways of the plans put in place before Ezekiel was to attend. Mm. One of those things was informing people mm. in the school, the students and the parents and the staff. And um, one of the systems they had was that we as a family with um, their person that would work with us, we came up with, I guess, a slideshow about Ezekiel, what he likes, um, what he doesn't like, right. triggers, you know, different things that people can do mm. just to kind of introduce Ezekiel to the school. Yeah. Um, and we were able to present that to the staff first and then we created a, a letter um, basically around the, that slideshow that went out to all the parents. Uh, firstly, the parents that were going to be, um, I guess, the parents of the children that Ezekiel was going to be in that class, mm. and then to the, the, the wider school. 
And that support was amazing because we continually have people coming up to us and say, "Oh, you're Ezekiel's parents." Yeah, we got the we got the newsletter, mm. and we we learned quite wow. a bit about him, and that's yeah. amazing. And is that an approach that um, Aberdeen Schools um, has always been doing with um, um, for for other children and whanau that have disabilities? Yeah. Or is this is this something that was discussed with you guys and found that this was going to be the best approach? So that is the system that they had in place for other children that had that attend there as well. Right. Um, before Ezekiel. Um, they they actually said to us, this is what we do with other kids. Mm. Is this something that would work with you? So they did nice. kind of, um, you know, discuss it with us to see if it was something as well, you know, that would work with us. Yeah. Um, so they were very accommodating in that way as well. Awesome. And how's that? How's the whānau support been going? Um, you know, uh, particularly with um, uh, Ezekiel's older siblings and extended family all that kind of thing. Yeah, it's um, it's been awesome uh, because, as we said, like for our family, it's um, been something new mm. um, around you know how to navigate um, day to day, and so his uh, siblings, patients in Lamona, they um, they grew up, I guess, to start with not knowing any different. Like Ezekiel was just Ezekiel. Yeah. Um, there was no label or anything for them to, you know, uh, attach on to. Mm. It's just he does this and he needs help doing that. Um, and so they've been very, you know, I'll just say it plainly, we couldn't have done it without those two, mm-hmm. even though, yes, we are the parents, but those two have been such an amazing help. Yeah. Um, been in there from day one, helping out and um, yeah. mm-hmm. always been there. Always of, I guess, uh, the grandparents because I have my parents here in Hamilton with us, yeah. And um, it was an adjustment for them around um, what he can, what what he's unable to do at uh, at the moment. Mm. So um, they learned, and you could see through the process of learning um, how they could support because it was quite different for them. Yeah. Um, but they they are very supportive there. Um, my parents as well, they, um, you know, do, do what they can with, they live up north about five hours away. Mm. Um, so when they do see us and when we do see them, they're very, very supportive, um, you know, help out wherever they can. Yeah. But yeah. Um, and, and obviously they, I mean, I, I've met Zekio now. Mm-hmm. Very, very, very chatty young man, mm-hmm. uh, and so he, he's he's quite a he's quite a social bunny, isn't he? He is. Yeah. Yes. And are, are there what are, what are the kinds of things that he likes to do? What are those kinds of things that he likes to do? He loves all sorts of things. Um, yeah. he loves learning. That's that's a, the. He loves it. like he takes in everything around him and he just soaks it up. Mm. But learning at the moment is something that he thrives. Uh, sorry, he um, what is it? I can't find the word. Yeah, he, he loves to to engage in new things. Everything new. Um, for example, when he's learning, he's currently learning how to spell and how to read. Yes. And so everything he sees, what does that say? Yeah. And then you know, if you tell him sound it out, he'll just for gold and he just soaks it all in um, wow. he also loves to sing yeah 
Um, he's loved singing since he's probably even before he was born. Um, but with Ezekiel, he actually <coughs> learned how to talk through music. Right. He learned the words of songs. Uh, he copied the, the things that he would hear in the songs, and mm. that actually helped him mm. to talk. So he sings here at home, then I guess. Oh, mm-hmm. he sings everywhere. Everywhere. If he hears a tune, <laughs> he's in on it. Yeah, yeah. Any favorite songs? That's um, that's anything really. That's whatever's yeah. Whatever he hears. Yeah. Um, but it's good too because if he hears something he doesn't like, mm. he'll. I don't like that song. Yeah. And he won't won't get into it. Um, he just picks up lyrics quite quickly. So yeah. when he hears something that's familiar, he'll start singing. Yeah. Okay. And. Um, you guys belong to the um, Latter Day Saints Church here in Hamilton, and so how is he? Does he is he involved with church? Yes, no, yes church we, activities? Do, we do belong to um, church, and yeah, um, they are very supportive. Um, we we take Ezekiel, and he's because of where we sit, where his wheelchair you know sits quite nicely. He's kind of like the meet and greet person, and so um, uh, he's taking it upon himself to welcome everyone to church. Yeah. When they walk through the doors, and uh, you know we get the the standard, "Hey, good morning, how are you?" And then Ezekiel yeah. just gets all the attention. Yeah. And they ask him how his day's been, and and you you can actually see him um, light up people's faces yeah. when they walk in, um, and so just taking the time out mm. to to ask him, you know, how it's going and. It actually makes him feel welcome too. Yeah. Um, he also goes to primary, which is a class for the, the children, and um, they do things like singing songs and and learning about Jesus Christ and and so for Ezekiel it is a bit different the way he learns. Mm. Um, and so what we found amazing was, um, or actually we, me and when we we would go to that that time that class with him and so we also have our own Sunday school class but we never went because we wanted to be there to support him mm. and all the things that he needed um, and the leaders of that that primary area approached us and they said hey you know like uh, we don't want to be too nosy but um, is there anything that we can do to help um, if you guys wanted to go to your classes because mm. that's what their role is mm. And so we actually uh, did the same kind of thing as Aberdeen Primary where mm. we sat with them uh, in a group and uh, there's another child there with uh, cerebral palsy as well okay. who's in a wheelchair. Yeah. And we all sat together and just discussed, um, I guess, their needs, their needs um, who they are, what they enjoy. Uh, and the coolest thing is that they were reciprocating that. Oh, we also noticed that... Ezekiel likes to do this, this, and that. Mm. Um, and then we developed a plan where um, if he was upset, they knew his triggers, they knew what to do. And um, so the week after that, uh, me and Mum, we didn't have an excuse to, to <laughs> skip class. So yeah, yeah. We actually went, um, and it went really well. Ezekiel loved it. There were no issues, and yeah. that's how it's been for the last two months. Mm. Nice. I, I mean, I grew up in the um, in the same church, and um, back in my day, uh, when I was growing up through um, through through the years at church, 
none of that kind of conversation stuff was happening. And, you know, sort of, I think there may have been a fear to ask the questions. Do you think it, um, everyone is, can, do you think um, every, everybody at church now uh, are more open to asking you questions about, about Ezekiel's needs without that fear of saying something wrong? Or that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. I've definitely noticed a lot more engagement mm. um, with other people around us. Um, what we've also encouraged is for people to talk to Ezekiel directly and ask yeah. him questions directly mm. um, because it's normal for uh, others to come up to us, especially at church, and ask us also, how has Ezekiel been? Or how old is Ezekiel? Or yeah. um, what does Ezekiel like to do? And so we tend to go, Ezekiel, what do you like to do? Or we'll say, just ask him. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, I definitely have noticed an increase in, or well, people are more confident to ask without feeling shy. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I guess look, looking at... Um, the things that Ezekiel does like, and you mentioned earlier, Newham, that um, that you guys are involved with enabling good lives down here in the Waikato. Yep. Um, so how has how has that um, support um, system uh, helped with um, supporting Ezekiel's likes and his aspirations? Oh, that, that's a great question, actually, because. Um, navigating before enabling good lives navigating i guess what he would be able to do and even i guess um like i said we hadn't um been around disability or or he'd had time to understand it really mm-hmm. um i guess enabling good lives um taught us expectations um of i guess the norm um needed to be thrown out first mm. is that um doesn't matter what the disability is doesn't matter what's going on everyone can thrive in what they want to do if they're given the chance mm. and so um enabling good life showed us to to talk with ezekiel to help him develop who he wants to be while guiding them along mm. and so instead of going um I guess I'll, I'll go back to when I was younger. It's here, you need to do piano, learn how to do the piano. That's right. Do this, do that. Yeah. Um, it was, Ziki, would you like to try this? And um, even though there were things that uh, he didn't want to try, which we knew would help, we would kind of push him into that and uh, encourage him there. But when it came to things that he liked, he always had a love for animals. Mm. And so we thought, oh, well, let's... Uh, Let's try going to the zoo. And so Enabling Good Lives were able to fund a, um, an annual zoo pass. And that's something that I'm real grateful for because when we've been to the zoo before, it's been, let's go through all the animals because we've only got one day to do it. You don't have to, you know, we'll get it all out of the way. But uh, through the annual pass, we're able to take them to see the monkeys. And if he's had enough, we can go home and not worry about, oh, man, we just wasted, just wasted a whole bunch whole of money day, yeah. and the rest of the day and everything mm. like that. I think um, EGL, when they came along, they helped me to realise that we have some sort of control 
mm. as parents. Mm. Um, being new to the disability sector, it was kind of we got what we we took what whatever we got. Mm. Um, so whatever um, the health system told us or offered us, we took that as our truth, and we kind of. Um, thought this is how it's supposed to be and how it's always going to be as parents with a child with disability. Um, however, when EGL came along, they kind of put the power back in our own hands and as parents where I, I felt, yeah, he is my child. He doesn't, you know, I mean, these professionals, they, I'm grateful that they have input. Mm -hmm. However, he is still my child and I still have some sort of control. He's, he, I can still um, provide um, the things that he loves. I can still get out and do all these things. I don't have to be restricted to just appointments or to keeping him home because he's sick all the time mm -hmm. or, you know, and I, and I realised that with EGL, with the funding that we got from EGL, um, we were able to explore and find what he likes, yep. you know, because it wasn't something that we had thought of previously. Mm. When when the connector asked us, what are things that Ezekiel likes? We kind of had to like step back and think, wow, we've actually never thought about this before. Mm. Um, and so through this process, he's been a part of Enabling Good Lives now for, for five years. And so during those five years, we've been able to find what he actually likes, what makes him grow, what makes him tick. Mm. And they've been able to fund things that help him to develop in a way that is outside of the normal, sure. um, the standard things that are provided by the health system. And has that, been a has that been a trial and error kind of process for you guys? It was in the beginning, yes, yeah. it was. Um, I mean, there's... You know, like I said, he's, there's times where he's sick, so during the winter mm. we have to get creative and come up with different things as what, than what he'd do in the summer. Um, in the summer he loves horse riding. Um, winter we'll, he'll go swimming and so... Yeah, so that's, that's swimming in the hydrotherapy pool, yeah. um, doing different therapies. Um, but it, it's, it has been trial and error where um, things just haven't worked out. Um, I guess. And when you say they haven't worked out, it, is it by him saying, I don't like this, I don't, I don't want yeah. to do this? Does yeah, it, yeah. He, just, he just wasn't getting it. Uh, mm. He just um, wasn't getting into it. And so that was fine. Um, we, we've tried different um, uh, massage therapy as well, uh, mm. where he's done midi midi. Yep. And where we had um, other people come in and, and do home massage. Mm. Um, and we, we tried. A certain mini, like here's an example. We we tried mini mini at one place. It was a second time because our original one had moved, mm. um, and it, it just didn't work. Mm. Uh, it wasn't working for him, and so, and it wasn't working for us as well. And so having that ability, that option, to opt out rather than saying, "Too bad, that's what you have to do." Yeah, that's been amazing for mm. us yeah. and for him. Yeah, mm. yeah. And how has enabling good lives? Um, allowed you, um, the Fano to grow. Um, yeah. You know, because I'm, I'm assuming that 
um, some of the activities that you guys do through the support of Enabling Good Lives has helped to um, bring the whānau in the picture as well. Um, I think there was, there was is there an activity in specific Absolutely. that you know where the, you know siblings his siblings have been involved and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So so yes. Before before EGL it was very. Um, they're doing this. Ezekiel's doing this. Mm -hmm. uh, the other two kids. Sorry, I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. um, and they would support each other separately. However, um, with horse riding, um, we were able to get funding for not only Ezekiel to do horse riding, but mm. both his siblings to do it with him. Um, because and it was the very first activity that they were able to do together. Mm. So. Uh, it actually started with just Ezekiel, and they would watch, and, and he would laugh and look to his side and, and yeah. just be himself. And yeah. then um, I remember the first day that we actually got the funding extended to our other two children, mm. Ezekiel was laughing one time, and he turned to his side, and he noticed that his brother was there. Yeah. And he just, his excitement went through the roof. He yeah. screamed his head off, and he was so happy. Yeah. Looked to his other side, and he saw his sister. Mm. And he was mm. just, oh, he went crazy it was so fun for him oh. and you could see his brother and sister as well patients and mm, yeah they connected with them on that day too yeah and so that saturday activity that we would have every saturday when they'd go horse riding together yeah. it did it brought them as um as siblings together really strong and for us as parents as well to see that man we're so grateful for yeah. that opportunity that is also that's so cool that's so cool and I guess looking ahead now, looking ahead now, do you see a brighter future for Ezekiel because of what 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 you guys have um, discovered and been able to develop with you know through the support of EGL? Definitely, yeah, that, that's just one hundred percent. Yeah, I feel like there's a a lot of um different um factors. So EGL, of course, mm. um. But also, I feel like also with the um, help of his home-based therapy yeah. as well, like even just having, through the um, Brain Injured Children's Trust, having his home-based therapy as an option mm. um, has helped him to, yeah, I think, to um, develop. Yeah. We've just, it's all helped us to, to look forward rather yeah. than, um, I guess for me personally, I had the, the thoughts of man, ah, this is going to be a lifelong mission, yeah. um, and didn't really know what to look forward to, didn't know um, how to actually think further than um, today's therapy or further than um, all these hospital appointments. And yeah. with enabling good lives and kind of the principles behind it about self empowerment and, mm. and mana enhancing activities, it, it kind of made me focus on. Um, what Ezekiel may be able to do later on mm. um, about this ideal of independence for him mm. uh, because the funding, I guess the system, I guess, that, that we're part of now through EGL, um, it helps him to develop what he likes. And mm. Um, mm. I guess we, we've been able to look forward to things like... Um, we hear different stories of other people there and we are part of the community and they um, have taught us to like focus on what he does now but also mm -hmm. look forward five, 
10, 15, 15 years, years yeah. into the future of what mm. it might look like. Yeah. Whether it be him living on his own in a flat or support, mm. or whether it be moving towards him living on his own yeah. um, with no support. It's yeah. it's helped us to kind of um, gauge that in. The, not just the funding, but the connectors. Mm. They give us, um, I guess, insights into other people's lives that they work with mm, to give stories. us ideas. Yeah. And so that theirs has been amazing as we have something to, okay, cool, we'll try this because they tried it and it happened to work. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess from what I'm, gather- what I'm taking from that is that um, Ezekiel's story is going to eventually involve mum and dad stepping way back in the background. Isn't it? Yeah, is is that the story I'm seeing? It's scary to think about yeah. that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I would definitely uh, agree yeah. with you. Yeah, it's um, and I guess that that's also what we were able to see with meeting all these different people and mm. from different organisations. Is that um, yeah. it, it might be us that holds yeah. them back. You know, like uh, holding on to them too tight is um, not a not a good thing at times. Where um, we need to let him flourish, and and you're right, we will. There will be times, and there have been times, yeah. And there will be times where we do need to step back and and let him fall, yeah. Let him make his own mistakes, um, and also let him have his own wins, yeah. Do you find that harder to do because? of his disability you know letting him fall letting him make his own mistakes in comparison to you know with with his uh, his older siblings yeah yes absolutely yeah I I feel like it's because we've seen everything that he's been through yeah um I I, my automatic reaction is I just don't want him to get hurt because he's already been through so much yes yeah yeah. That's how I feel. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I was very, um, very hard on my, my older two children. Mm. Um, and that's actually a real good question, Daniel, because reflecting on that question, I want to say, yeah, I, I'm very um, protective of Ezekiel. Yeah. Where um, I know how cruel the world can be, mm. and I know how innocent and loving and kind this boy is. Yeah. And um, I don't want anyone to, I guess, tarnish that or hurt that um, because of my thoughts around his inability to fend for himself. Mm. However, he's very resilient. And I've seen others do things to him where it doesn't faze him at all. Mm. And that, if people call that a disability, well, that's actually something really good to have. Mm. Where it doesn't phase him at all. Yeah. He's still happy and smiles at them and says, Hi. Yeah. Yeah. I think it it, it comes across to me he's gonna be a bit of a survivor. Mm. You know? Yeah. And and, and I, I, I totally hear what you're saying, uh, Mumoy, about those natural fears as a mum. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I and, and I and I connect with that because of you know my own parents going through those those kinds of things for me going growing up as well, um, but um, you know I guess the the support that he has both at home and at church and at school is going all going to contribute towards I'm sure is going to contribute towards um, 
him building up those resiliences. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, brother. <laughs> Want to protect them from <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Um, and I guess my I guess my final question is then is um, for yourselves as parents um, of uh, someone like uh, Ezekiel who uh, who has a disability, but also uh, you know you kind of see these things as um, he's got some very unique. Uh, what what do they say on on the on that movie Taken? He's got a unique, uh, a special set of skills. <laughs> you know, uh, you know. So, um, what 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 would you say to other parents who, um, maybe you know, going to, who are probably just starting this this part of their journey and not not sure about, um, what to do and how to reach out? What what would you what would you both say? I'd say trust your instincts always, yeah. um, and and explore. Yeah. Um, you know, there's so many resources out there. Seek them. Mm. There's a lot of help out there. You don't need to do it on your own. Yeah. Yeah. I think <clears throat> for those starting out navigating. Um, if it's if it's the first time like like us, um, just ask questions. Mm. Ask questions of everybody, whether they they know people with disabilities or not. Someone knows someone that knows someone, especially here in New Zealand. Mm. Um, I do have that thought of you know there is a lot of help, but I know um, in the help sector, sometimes you have to you know pull teeth to find it. Yeah. Um, with today's technology, you have things like Facebook pages, um, Instagram, everything's out there to just just Google it, literally Google the word and put NZ at the back and you'll find something and just ask questions. And it's easy for me to say it on this side, but don't get disheartened um, because... It's so easy to get disheartened, isn't it? Definitely, especially yeah. when it doesn't go your way for the first mm. month, year, two years, three years. But there is a light at the end because there are so many people like yourself, Daniel, mm. that are out there trying to help other people. And it's just, if you connect enough, if you, you you know, keep asking questions long enough, you'll find the right person. Because mm. the cool thing about New Zealand is that there's more and more of these cool people doing cool stuff mm. now and nowadays. And yeah. keep your head up because, um, yeah, there is a light. There definitely is. There definitely is a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, what do they say? Just hope it's just. Just make sure you know it's not a train. So they say. <laughs> I, like I, I, I keep hearing that somewhere. <laughs> I like that one. Um, but now you guys, you guys as parents are doing an awesome, uh, awesome job with with Ezekiel. And I, 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 you know, I say that explicitly with the with rather than the for. You. you know, it's awesome that you, the, the the mahi that you're doing with Ezekiel, and he's going to grow up to be an awesome young man. And um, you know, and I know that just from having those small conversations with him, he's so mm-hmm. he's such a social, sociable young man. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it's it's awesome that he's got some great support. And thank you once again for uh, joining me on Talanoa, Mike this morning and um 
and you know praying that uh, you know bigger and better things happen for Ezekiel and yourselves in the future thank you thank you, thank you. What an awesome story to hear from Neum and Moimoi. Um, that was such an opportunity for me to interview them in their home and to hear their story and their journey with their children, more so with Ezekiel. And I wish nothing but the best for uh, the family um, and especially with uh, Ezekiel's future. Ezekiel's future is bright. I can I can say that for sure. What a story to be able to finish off with. As they say in the world of show business, all good things must come to an end. And this is the end of episode one. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining me um, on this episode. And I certainly hope that you enjoyed listening as I have enjoyed putting this together um please tune in uh, on episode two where again we'll be answering those burning questions where we'll be also interviewing another service provider and we'll also be hearing another story from our people out there in the community in the meantime keep it real stay safe and as always 